Hello, you're listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. On today's show, we'll be focusing on emerging artists and the upcoming exhibition schedule. This September will be the first in a while where private views will be happening again. Uh, One of the most interesting ones that I've seen recently is one called Awakenings, happening in Soho. It's produced by Chili Art Productions. And today I'll be talking to Kay Gasai and Nick George about their work, their life, their practice, and what it's like to be an emerging artist on the London art scene. Thank you for listening. The first art fair I went to when COVID uh, opened this time, this year, was the other art fair. And I uh, was struck by the work of Kay Gasset. Uh, so is everyone, to tell you the truth. I remember speaking to Ryan Stainer about it, the organizer of the other art fair. And, and he's saying, you know, everything's sold out. All the canvases are sold out. But there might be a print, if you're lucky, that you can get. Uh, here are the prices. Remember, there's a waiting list. And then I read that Kate Bryant, who's a friend of the show, had taken Kay on for Soho House. And to take this full circle, Aubrey Higgins asked me to speak at a exhibition he's curating at NoHo Studios uh, at the end of August that will go until the 5th of September. And I went through the roster and I saw Kay's name again. Uh, I reached out to him on Instagram and he's here today. Very short notice, very easy to get along <laughs> with. And he didn't complain at all going, I need more time to prepare. So already love you, aside from loving your work already. <laughs> Cheers, Welcome to you. Soho Radio. Thank you for Good morning. Thanks for having me today. How are you? Uh, as you can tell, a bit out of breath, but uh, everything's everything's cool. Everything's good. The last month and a half, two months has been pretty crazy, but... Crazy take... in the way that everything happened for you all at once? Yeah. Yeah. Can go through <laughs> that a little bit. How did it all happen all at once? Because we were in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, suddenly your name was everywhere uh i i, I think uh, prior to lockdown i was just doing my illustration thing and um just freelancing and just doing private commissions and then during lockdown you know kind of can't do anything so procrastination was out the window so i just had to like make a lot more work and you know last year was like a heavy year around the world with a lot of things happening black lives matter just rights and just you know a lot of things were going on so i had a lot of uh things to take inspiration from and for some reason my work just started like connecting with people and people started buying prints of stuff and then earlier this year uh you know the other art fair like you mentioned was was uh coming on and uh zoe one of the organizers messaged me and asked me to do it kind of invited me to do it and i i never i never like not wanted to do it but i was never gonna like get the inclination to like apply for it and so her invitation was like okay why not let me do it let me do it and you know, it's probably the best decision I've ever made, really. So, um, yeah, it, it put me in a space of like making bigger work because during lockdown, I just made a lot of small pieces because I didn't want to make big work and it just hang about. Um, so with the, the with the intention of having a space to actually exhibit, I was like, oh, you know, I'll go big. Why not? And then as you saw, biggest piece is pretty big. And they stood out, <laughs> really stood out. Now, um, 
Thematically, Alice, the producer today, and I have been talking about cowboys and horses. And uh, you were born in Hackney. Where did you go to school? Oh, so um, I live in Hackney, Mm -hmm. but I'm from southeast London. Um, I see. There's uh, still no horses and cowboys. There's still no horses. (laughs) Uh, There's a couple ponies. We're getting there. There's a couple ponies from the travellers. So uh, (laughs) I I grew up seeing them. But uh, yeah, Um, no, the the horses for that main piece, Power to the People, is just, it was like... uh, it was a response to the murder of like George Floyd and nice. it was pretty um, like an emphatic kind of piece of artwork. Usually with my work, I like take weeks and stuff to like figure out the details and what's going to happen, where's it going. But that one, I kind of like thought about it, drew it in the same sitting and then it existed within like a couple hours. So it was quite, yeah, it's quite an emotional piece, which I, I'm not usually emotional about my work. So I think that's probably why it resonated as well. And two figures on a horse, horses to me represent freedom. And it was like, makes sense in my head <laughs> yeah two things before you arrived ontology yeah um looking for meaning in things that are and yeah. perhaps a certain study you've done in finding things that have meaning that associate with feelings and the other thing is during lockdown people who keep busy and repress feelings mm. like emotions when they're painting couldn't anymore things came up yeah it was a bit transformative that yeah. way yeah you just obviously you're in your own head because it's nothing else to do so you're just like, oh. oh and luckily i do some you know i do something that kind of promotes expression so you know even if you wanted to repress it you're like it's going to come out some some way somehow and you know, it kind of did with the th- with three pieces that I did. That was one of the three that I did within a space of three days that were a response to everything last year. George, George, George Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. So let's we we started off without any kind of easing you into this. We went <laughs> right into the deep end. Let's yeah, no let's worries. come out a bit and and tell me who you are and and when you started thinking of yourself as an artist or a painter. Uh, probably in only in the last year or two, really, as an as like an quote unquote like artist fine artist i'd probably describe myself before that as an illustrator because it was all commission based and it was all yeah it was all by commission i wasn't really doing too much work self-initiated or if i did it wouldn't go anywhere other than just for me and uh yeah it's kind of just kind of coasting in the illustration thing and then again with lockdown started making my own stuff because time to and commissions kind of slowed down and so yeah people you know i'd get messages oh is that is that available as a print or the original and a lot of the work was digital because, again, I didn't want to make physical work, but I made digital versions of stuff knowing I would paint it eventually. And um, that was quite uh, not, I didn't, you know, when you don't think you need an encouragement because you're just like, oh, it's working, it's fine. I'm, you know, pretty laissez faire kind of person anyway. But then people are like, oh, I want, is that available? Is this, what does this mean? And a lot of re- reception. And so I think at that point I was like, oh, maybe I might not have to do commissions anymore. Not that I didn't like them, but you know no, just a new field a new lane to go in in a sense lockdown was like a long studio yeah yeah period for artists where you could think uninterrupted thoughts and and let your creative process flow into different directions and it looks like uh you had audience engagement through instagram yeah that really worked out for you. I mean, yeah. your paintings are terrific. Cheers, um, and it's interesting that it happened during lockdown that you started thinking of yourself like that because yeah. certainly the world around you started thinking of you like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it kind of explains how your practice evolved. And starting in graphic design, that's why you're punctual. That's why you show up for things on time. <laughs> that's why you know how to kind of um, make curators, collectors, 
people like myself's life easier. And these things all play into it. Art is a business as well as everything else. Um, What societal, we've talked about George Floyd, but what societal, and maybe this is what we want to talk about again, or cultural experience changed how you see the world and and what impact did it have on your life and Uh, your work? I guess it wasn't really a change. It's like, you know, you know things, things exist, you know, kind of young, young black male in London. It's like, you know, probably the most multicultural place in the world. So it's, you know, I'm not kind of, I don't even have to have my finger on the pulse, in the pulse. So you know what's happening, know about every sort of movement, every sort of new emergent thing, um, social kind of thing happening. And so I think, I think just again, prior to the last year, because my work was all commission based, I wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to focus on it in my work. And then last year, again, like we said, you said earlier, you just, you just with your thoughts. And so I'll, you know, kind of just promote myself to go, actually, let me make some artwork about something. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if I, if I care about it like that, but like it's on my mind. So why not make some artwork about it and try and translate it? And usually with my pieces, there's a, like little details and stuff is because I'm trying to work it out as well. So it's more that kind of situation so that's really honest i love that you said you're trying to work it out as well so it's not something you go in with a plan premeditated you know the look it's like a a moving living meditation suspicious of people who like trying to tell people stuff anyway so i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't never want to tell someone something it's like this is my thing hey if you feel the same thing or if you you know because artwork you're never really going to get it unless i tell you what it is and at the same time i don't even want to tell you what my thing is because the symbolism in it, I don't know, should come from a place where we all kind of just understand it, some sort of like uh, sort of cultural symbiosis or something. Like we should all kind of gauge what something means. You know, you see someone with a frown, you don't have to be told what's going on. So same thing with art in a way, maybe. <laughs> what materials do you use? Uh, uh, mixed media. So mainly oils, acrylics, pencils, uh, watercolors, that kind of stuff. Um, it's all like 2D visual kind of stuff and digital as well. Um, yeah. Okay, you've been really generous about your work, your process, where it's coming from within you, how the, the world receives it. When you're looking for inspiration or when uh, you're thinking about artists who influence you, who yeah. do you turn to? Uh, Past or present or one of each? It's always, it's always a hard one because you, you always, you, I, I always think you, you like stuff like that. It's like your favorite film or your, whatever. Like there's an answer that you want to say because like you, that's the one you want it to be. But really and truly, it's like not that. It's a bunch of random stuff. You know, Instagram dead scrolling all day or um, just stuff you've saved and you don't like. Especially now with Instagram, it's it's probably the worst because you don't really have to acknowledge the name sometimes you just save it and come back to you like oh they're amazing double tap double tap move on and it's it's a bit cut through in that way but uh who okay how about this yeah, how about this sorry. we'll turn it no 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 not at all i like it i like i like the honesty within it i'll i'll ask the question differently no because that's a that's an honest answer things things turn into a kind of like a soup of inspiration yeah. right but okay how about if money wasn't a factor Gotcha. What piece of art could yeah, you, yeah, what piece of art would you have, past or present? Because uh, there's a lot of stuff that I, like, I think it's a thing, wanting it in my house. The only artwork I'd probably want in my house that would sort of, again, not, it wouldn't fit, because it wouldn't fit, but I'd, again, you just, I just want it. It would be a piece from James Jean, 
Um, he's probably one of my favorite artists. He's like still current. He's an Amer he's uh, an American artist, and um, one of his pieces called Pagoda. Uh, yeah, he's like he's probably like a major inspiration. Um, but I didn't want to say him as well because I kind of s stopped trying to look at his work because you don't want your stuff to be a pastiche of someone. Do you know what I mean? Um, which is easy to fall into because you know you. Yeah. Okay, you can yeah. have one. You can yeah. have one of those and I won't let it influence the way that you work. We'll put a blind over it during the day so that what you're doing is you and any kind of uh, worship of his work won't even interfere with what you're doing. Um, also, there's a guy named David Fordvary, actually. He's like a, he's an illustrator. He's probably... Uh, probably like my longest favorite as well. How did I know this would happen? The slow <laughs> so, starter. Yeah. Now you yeah. want everything. <laughs> yeah, so Tell me it. his name again. David Foldvary. Okay. Spell the last part. Um, F-O-L-D. F-O-L-D. V-A. Got it. Oh, yeah. wait. V-A. Oh, is he a musical artist? No, he's like a, he's a, he's an illustrator. Like the Guardian kind of drawings and stuff. This like is this. so interesting. Yeah, stuff's amazing. So you're not thinking of what you see in museums. No. You're not thinking of what curators put together in a show that's a blockbuster no. there's no kind of david hockney no <laughs> what's that about why not yeah uh i I'm, i i like it i have my own alice and i were having a conversation before you got in uh, just to give you context to why I'm asking you this, about whether or not museums actually are a good reflection of cultural values right now, or if they've become a place that are sort of out of date and maybe need to be revamped. It started with a conversation around Larry Gagosian producing more interesting shows than museums these days. Yeah. And also during lockdown, we looked at systemic racism, sexism, classism within these structures. So it's really fascinating that I followed up the artists you pick and realize you're not going to museums to look at it. No, I, yeah, I usually don't go to gallery openings or museums unless I'm invited because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't know why. It's just the thing. And um, again, I think it's like, especially big galleries or big openings, it's an access thing. So if it's there I, I i don't know it's like not again not to discredit anyone because usually it works amazing like you know michael armitage's stuff is wasn't that great i was I there I yesterday gone i'm gonna go but like that's i can't not go to that but it's very rare that i would make the effort to go to something if anyone doesn't know michael armitage's a paradise edict we've been talking about it on the show it's it's a he's a white cube artist he's 37 he lived uh, between london and africa he's yeah. speaking about uh, the nature of art history amongst so many other things about the way we fetishize Africa. Mm. And he won't even uh, use canvas or because canvas is part of a tradition he doesn't want to participate in. Mm. So the work is made on lumbago oh, really? bark. Oh, I didn't even know and that. And he's sewing things together. At the age of 37, he also had the consciousness to say, thank you for giving me a museum show, Royal Academy, but I am dedicating one of the rooms that you've given me to artists in Africa who never got proper recognition, mm. uh, but certainly were That's doing the cool. kind of work that, yeah, it is beautiful and it's totally dope. And people lose their mind when they go in there because yeah. it's uh, the, that act of generosity that this sense of, of being famous on your own is such an awful feeling. It's weird. He, yeah. <laughs> he, he wanted to say, I've borrowed from this person. I've borrowed from that person. Mm. Uh, they just weren't at a time when we valued this work yeah. or Yinka Schoenberg going through and 
doing his Picasso in reverse, going oh, yeah. through everything yeah. Picasso appropriated from um, the artifacts in Paris at the time or and uh, and reworking them. It's great. It's great to see. Yeah. And it's like just the beginning. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going probably in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty. I can again, I'm take you excited. after the show. Ah, hey, I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> I think we can do. I've been thinking a lot about Woodstock and Altamont, and uh, part of the reason is because of a the Harlem Music Festival that was documented in a film called Summer of Soul, and it sort of went unnoticed um, and was eclipsed by. Well, Altamont and Woodstock. And if you haven't yet seen Summer of Soul, you really must. It's Stevie Wonder, The Fifth Dimension, um, Sly and the Family Stone, Mahalia Jackson. It's such a great music festival in Harlem. And it sort of ties into uh, what Kay Gassi and I have been talking about. Um, yeah. Have you seen it yet? No, I was going to see it two days ago, but... Um, You've been busy. I've got some work to make. So, yeah. <laughs> well, on that, you have some work to make yeah. since you are everywhere at the moment. What's going on? What's happening with you? What are you up to now? What does the next four months hold? Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so, um, I'm currently making three new pieces um, that, again, I've I've already done two the digital versions, so I'm you know I'm just like working out the the, the big versions of them, and uh, they're going towards, as you mentioned at, right at the beginning, um, an exhibition called Awakening that starts on the 30th of August, uh, and that's due to Aubrey, Aubrey Higgins, who again I met at the other art fair, um, and again it's another one of those like intangible kind of connections that the art fair like promotes and produces because of just massive amounts of people and. Super, really sound, super nice guy just came up to me and said, oh, I love your work, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I appreciate it. And, you know, he's he was like, oh, I'm going to try and put together this thing, a group, how would you feel about it? I was like, yeah, well, hit me up, here's my details. Why why not? I'm, you know, I, I, I probably won't be doing anything as cool. So, you know, yeah. And people say stuff like, that, oh, I'll give you a call. And, you, yeah. His word but, is good, isn't yeah, it? He, he yeah, he really gave me a call. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, uh, even even he went a bit above and beyond because I I was only going to give three pieces to the to the exhibition next week. But I'm giving four now, and because uh, he I was like, oh, if I give this like you know, when you, I was trying to create the piece that I'm giving so they all suit, and I was like, oh well, if I'm going to give this, one, I need to give that one, and I don't have a canvas because it's a really awkward size. And he was like, oh, I've got spare canvases in my studio. Do you want to take one? So I was like yeah if you want so he i went to his studio in chancery lane picked one up got it on the train 100 meters by 150 took it to my studio and now i'm working on that one so he's like he's pretty pretty cool guy so big up aubrey big up aubrey <laughs> for sure i'm gonna be speaking at that event so i look forward to oh, it yeah, be, i know it's a native cool. animals in africa and it's, extinction. Yeah, it's about, uh, like nature and wilderness and stuff like that and again I'm, it's not really anything to do with my work usually but i guess there's always a natural element because of the symbolism that i have so I think it would still tie in in some sort of like anthropological, like naturalism in that way. So, and not to mention the roster is phenomenal. It looks pretty insane. That's a great roster. Yeah. I haven't seen such a talented bunch of emerging artists in a roster together. I thought it was going to be like five people or like seven, and then it's like twenty, and they're all like, yeah. It's Awakenings. It's on the thirtieth of August, and it runs until the fifth. Yeah. Um, Look on Kay's Instagram or my Instagram or Chili Projects. Oh, What's Chili your Project. Instagram? Yeah, oh, Chili Projects. That's the, that's the, I guess. Uh, 
It's it, Aubrey's. It's Aubrey's like company that is running the event sort of but thing. But how so, do yeah. people follow your work on oh, Instagram? Uh, K Gasey Art. Um, so yeah, K Y G A S E I. And you're pretty active. Yeah, you know, I, resp- I respond to DMs and stuff. So slide in, slide in. Why not? <laughs> what else are you doing? What else are you up to? Um, and what's the ultimate? Um, what else am I up to? I, I got a turn thirty in March, so I got like a tattoo gun. So I'm, I want to start learning tattooing. That'd be fun. Um, sign writing as well. Uh, my kind of the person I share my studio with is one of my close friends. He's a his name Jed Palmer, sign writer. So he's teaching me that as well. Uh, what else? Um, <laughs> what, 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 would, what would you say the reason for Learning art? Learning Japanese. <laughs> wow, nice. What would you say the reason for art is? <sighs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, uh, nothing big. Um, I don't... Expression, I get. I'd like reflection of culture or something, I think. Maybe a reflection of culture. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's the best answer I can give. That's not a lofty answer. No, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. And you, and from what I get with you is that you're actually figuring out what that reflection is yeah. a, as you process it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm really into like politics, philosophy, and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, again, ontology, the meaning of stuff. That and, was like, great. And like apathenia, I don't know. Do you know this word apathenia? It's like when people like the idea of finding connections and stuff that have nothing to do with each other, which I kind of like that as well. Give and me I'm an example. Pers- Give me an example. Oh, like you know, you when pick up a penny on the floor and then next thing you know your the song on your random playlist is like your favorite song and then someone gives says oh you look great and it's like oh it's my day or something and you're like oh something in the universe is the lucky making, penny but it's just random stuff happening so what's the word apathenia apathenia like, i yeah. love it no i believe in that stuff definitely will you come and talk to me again sometime yeah you, you've got my number Good. I'd love to speak more to you about your art. It really does stand out as strong, and uh, I'm so happy for you that oh, you're getting you. this Thanks kind of recognition. I'm Thanks sure for the, calling me in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the right. pressure is hard, but um, if anyone wants to see your work, definitely come to Awakenings. Otherwise, yeah. go to Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to the other art fair as well, the, the autumn one. Oh yeah, where's that? It's going to be in uh, the Ultram Brewery. The Perfect. That's it. We we've we're done. I'll be back with the art world, the art market. Thank you, Alice, for producing. Bye Thanks, for now. Alice. I'm I'm so happy that Nick George is here in the studio with us today. He traveled down from Manchester. Yeah, uh, that's great. Hi, how are you? How was your trip? It was. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it's great having you here. And I know part of the reason you're here is because you're involved with Aubrey Higgins and Chile Art Project. On the event that's coming up next week, do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. How that happened? How we got in touch with you? I know your work, and your work is these incredible portraits that are complex. It's like you see the inside of people's thoughts on, side, yeah. on their face, and we'll get to that later, but yeah. start at the beginning. Yeah, um, I was, um, I've just been posting my work on Instagram since maybe like 2016, What's the Instagram? So if anyone's listening, they can keep bring it up right now. Yeah, it's a uh, Nick George Art. That's pretty much it. At Nick George Art. Yeah. So you've been posting since 2018. Uh, 16. 16. 16. Pardon 16, me. Yeah. So um, yeah, like this year, things uh, just seem to have kind of picked up a little bit, and uh, yeah, Aubrey got in contact with me and asked me if I'd. Uh, be interested in you know having my work in one of his exhibitions and uh you know i kind of jumped at the chance to do it so uh yeah i'm fairly new to it all but i'm you know i'm loving it and that was before you met him 
Yeah, yeah, I still haven't met him yet. We're just kind of talking and, you know, uh, back and forth. So. It's, an, it's so great because, uh, you know, I'm a different generation than you are. And there was a time when Instagram didn't exist and yeah. a lockdown would have been really heavy for artists' career. And what I've yeah. noticed is it's actually made people more motivated and more confident about mm -hmm. creating communities online and maybe buying and selling online and meeting people online rather than in person which is m marvelous because yeah, it, it means yeah. it's unstoppable absolutely and yeah. democratic yeah so how did you end up becoming an artist tell us about you your background and and when when you got that kind of idea that you're going to paint for the rest of your life I uh, I think uh, deep down inside, well, I, pr previous to this, I played professional basketball. So I played all across Europe. I played with Great Britain. And um, so I've been pretty much all over the globe doing, you know, seeing so much. But I think deep down inside, you know, I always had that passion to create. And uh, the way it came about was interesting. I, I came home one day from a workout and I was just preparing my workout for the following day. And I just kind of randomly started doodling away and uh, posted it online. And um, yeah, that was kind of the start of everything. But I think it's uh, it's always been in me. Was it I the start of everything because of the response you got from people? Um, no, I think it was always there. I, I just, um, I don't know. The, the way it happened was, it was quite bizarre because I, I knew I was eventually going to get there but the way I got there was just by randomly doodling one day. And then it, you know, that was kind of the, the entry into, into starting. So it's almost like an automatic process. And for someone who comes from a sports background, you get training and practice mm -hmm. and putting time in just to dedicate yourself to things that may not or may have an outcome. Yeah. I think there's a great analogy between artists and athletes because both in the beginning, apply themselves with such dedication to things that may not work out yeah. which isn't normal for a lot of people people want certainty in their life yeah where definitely. did you get that inner confidence from oh gosh you know i'd um i'm not sure i think i've always kind of uh felt like i've needed to prove something you know and um uh, but i think just starting and playing basketball from a young age really helped to kind of rebuild my foundation because I had a bit of a rocky childhood. So basketball kind of, you know, when you're good at something and people compliment you, it builds your confidence, your self-esteem, and it's just kind of grown from there. But, you know, there's uh, there's definitely days when you, you feel like garbage as well. So, but, you know, it's all, it's all in your head, you know, positive self-talk and, you know, uh, really have to practice that a lot. Did you train in art at all? Did you start to train in art or was it something, are you self-taught? Uh, yeah, self-taught. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I the interesting thing is, is when lockdown hit, I lost all my clients for my personal training business, and it just kind of gave me more time to to work on my art. So I spent a majority of last year during lockdown just doing a lot of face study and more kind of realism to kind of build the foundation, and then that kind of gave me the confidence to then just break all the rules and and uh, move forward with the style that I have. So. so when I look at your portraits, which are phenomenal, I see uh, the inner dialogue of the person written on their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've, um, 
you know, one thing as an athlete, and I always draw back to my days as an athlete, they always, people always look at you like you're almost like this invincible, like superhero who can't be, who can't be touched, who doesn't, you know, break under any pressure. But, you know, for me, I always kind of was going through things, whether it was, you know, depression, anxiety. And uh, I always kind of had to hide those things, you know, because if people find out what's actually going on with you, they tend to, it kind of changes their perception. And, you know, I wanted to hold on to that, to that image I had. And, uh, but with my art, it's almost like I'm breaking, like I'm ripping the seal open and, and, and showing people all the chaos that I think we all go through. And, you know, you have to embrace it and know that you're, you know, you're not alone. And, you know, uh, it's, and it can be a fun journey sometimes when you start digging a little deep, you know, it can be scary, but, you know, it's also quite fun. Do you think it's different for men? Do you think men have to hide their feelings more than women? Uh, I think... You know, from based on what I've seen living in this world, yes, you know, like every society I've been been uh, been in around the world, it's always the same thing. Whenever I ever like attempted to maybe show that side of myself, it was immediate ridicule. It was like you know how a lot of guys are, especially, especially competitive in, yeah. sportsmen. Yeah. So every single time, it was always kind of people weren't interested. It was like we want this Nick George, that Nick George. Just keep that over there. So you end up suppressing all these emotions. And I think my art is actually helping me. It's all kind of flowing yeah, out at the moment. Well, there's a history of that. There's so many people who went in into art as a type of therapy, either because they were ill or had breakdowns mm. or, or just ended up in confinement, like Basquiat, Frida Kahlo, the list goes on and on. And, and that's where the kind of original voice and wellspring mm. of all their future work comes from. So you were born in Manchester, but at 16 you went to the States? Yeah, I moved to, um, you know, I, I was performing quite well at a young age, uh, playing with England. And, you know, if you perform well on the international circuit, your name starts to travel. So um, I moved to America at 16. I attended high school for two years, uh, college for four where, years. Where in America? Uh, I was in uh, Maryland and oh, wow. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was uh, I think people don't realise that the states aren't just New York and Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of people say, where, where, where's Virginia, Maryland, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. They, they, they have a different consciousness than an international city center. Yeah. So you would have had culture shock of sorts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, not to mention it was, uh, you know, you start to discover a lot about yourself once you leave your comfort zone. And, uh, you know, I was like, whoa, I've got a lot going on here, you know, because you're away from, you know, all of your, your family, your friends. And, you know, you're introduced to like for me, not to get all t too heavy, but I was um, I finally had a lot of um, a family was faced with stability, you know, and I, I can remember like sitting down watching TV as a family with my, my host family. And I was so uncomfortable, you know, I was like, whoa, like this is this is normal. But to me, it's easier for me to have the chaos going on. So um, I get that. I get that. I get the chaos that sometimes settles me down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also the the portions of food were massive as well. That's another one. <laughs> the culture. I was like, geez, it's okay to have a small plate of food, guys. <laughs> no, and that's almost like where where English people go to a pub on a Friday night. Americans will do what they call pig out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It's such a shift. Yeah. So then you studied sociology while you were there? 
Uh, yeah, I studied sociology, but you know, I was um, I was playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say that, but yeah, I studied. So it, sociology. it was an easy course to get through while you were focusing on basketball. Exactly. Got it. I'm gonna have to be frank on that. How you know, old were you at the time? Um, I was in my uh, when I got to university. Uh, I was like 18, 19 when, when you I, got, when to, I the first got to the states. Really, yeah. that's yeah. young. Yeah, so that's it was young. Um, and Trump was in at the time. Um, no, I don't think Trump was in. Oh, that's good. It was Obama's. It was it was Obama, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so blurry on all that. I wasn't. Don't I, worry, know, I wasn't don't playing worry. much attention to politics. I'll at bring time. us back up to the yeah, to the good. present because I just realized we've been eating through time. It's such a pleasure talking yeah. to you. So it's it's a great story. One I'd like to talk to you more about. But instead, for now, let's talk about your portraits. What's happening with? Uh, the Nature Safe Charity, The Awakening Show, uh, what work you're putting in that. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Uh, yeah, so I have uh, I have two pieces uh, in the show, uh, which is, you know, fantastic for me, again, as I say. And, you know, the, the fact that there's a, there's a cause behind it is, uh, is, is important, you know. Uh, I think for all the artists, you know, you... You know, because I think I think we all at some points we have to find a way to give back, you know, and attach yourself to something that's a lot bigger than yourself. It's not just about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm getting my art exhibited. It's, you know, you're associated with something that's helping somebody else. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I think yeah. we'll see each other again on that night. I'm going to okay. be part of it, too. Okay. I think the roster's good. I think Aubrey's doing something innovative and certainly mm. using his time well. And it's very yeah. rare that you see an artist actually take the role of, he's also a painter, take the role of an yeah. a- agent to build the profile and market for other artists. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm really, the whole thing is great as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's absolutely. in Soho, which is also good. Yeah. I think a lot of these, I have our set of questions, but I think just letting you talk in the beginning, I, I kind of get what cultural experiences changed how you see the world and w- how your practice evolved just through the conversation we had. But I didn't um, ask you if there was one artist, past or present, whose artwork you could own without uh, paying for it. Who would it be and why? Oh, man. I, I would have to go with uh, uh, Defacement, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Yeah. That's a good one. I saw that exhibition in at the Whitney. Uh, yeah, I just feel that... Um, you know, I, when you kind of look back at that era and see what was going on, you know, and he's, you know, he's telling us, he's, you know, he's giving us an insight into into these things that are happening. And Michael Stewart. Michael Stewart, that's it. And then it's, you know, it's 2020, 2021, and it's the exact same thing. So in between that time, what's, I'm, I'm just like, why is it, why does it keep happening, you know? And um, why does it keep happening? Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, personally, I've never really had a, a, a negative experience uh, with a lot of the police. And I think mainly because I was in a very sheltered athlete's world. But once I stepped outside of it, I'm talking to people who were telling me, oh, yeah, you know, they beat us up. They did this. And it's blowing my mind, you know. And, um, you know, I, I don't know much about defunding the police or, you know, where that could, you know, where that could take us. But I think that. You know, I think that, it, you know, we're at a point now where we need to come together and just have a discussion, you know, but uh, but that piece is definitely one so, of my favorites. And 1978, yeah, uh, something like that. It was a story about, if you don't know the story, it was a story about Michael Stewart, who is a, a young 
um, graffiti artist. Mm. They were painting on trains at the time, and he was painting on the D train to Brooklyn. Yeah. No big deal. And mm. they arrested him. And I think even before he got to the police station, he was dead. Oh, yeah. So yeah. something not right happened there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it never, never really. It was, it was the New York City Transit Police. Yeah. So the Whitney put on a, a show dedicated to that with work by Keith Herring, with that piece called Defacement by Basquiat mm -hmm. just before lockdown. And wow. I was lucky enough to see it. I, it chills me to the bone. And mm -hmm. that was before George Floyd. Right, wow. So I guess yes. that brings us to the fact that our art has the power to change. Are you thinking of art as a form of activism? Uh, I think it, it, it includes activism, definitely. Um, it also is, it is a way for me to kind of empower and um, kind of help people to heal, you know, you know, because it's, you know, when you're going through things, it's, um, it's quite soothing when you find out that somebody else is going through the exact same thing. You know, sometimes for me, if, if somebody would come up to me and say, hey, you're going to be okay, it's, you know, it, it just wouldn't have that same effect as seeing somebody else who's going through it. So I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm touching on so many different things, as you can probably tell in the world. You are, you know? and you're not, though, because, I mean, Giles and I are here every week talking to artists. And in general, what you're saying is consistent for a lot no. of artists. It's this um, dive into our collective unconscious, which yeah. keeps us going as a species. I mean, there's really heavy things that you have to face when you're born. And one is that you're going to die. Yeah. And that's not negotiable. Yeah. No one's found yeah. a way out of that. Yeah. And so it's how to give meaning and purpose and yeah. and pleasure and, and, and thoughtfulness to what mm. we do in between then. And if art is the way that makes us better people and makes us more empathetic and caring for those in our world and our society and makes us think about things like Jean-Michel Basquiat's defacement, I'm I'm for it. I don't think you're touching. I think we're all touching on the same thing. Yeah. And whether that comes through music or art or um, written word or fashion, however it comes to get people together on the same page, it's really important that we Abs do it. Absolutely. Before we destroy each other as a yeah, species true, true. or separately. And you know, I think I think what you're saying is quite part of the art dialogue always. Mm. So, do you read much? Uh, I don't read that much. I've kind of, um, I mean, I, occasionally I might listen to the odd, you know, like I like a little poetry, slowly getting into that. You know, I think, um, yeah, I need to definitely, uh, definitely get better at that. Can I ask your opinion on something? Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Tiffany ad that came out last night with Jay-Z and Beyonce? and the basket that had been sort of in a private collection, but it came out for this ad. I, I saw an image it? of it on Instagram. I yeah. didn't know that was a Tiffany ad. Yeah, I think oh. so. Well, it's something to do with the company Tiffany. Mm. Beyonce and Jay-Z were in it, and they brought this piece with the Tiffany Blue out for, I think, an advertisement. Oh, it wow. all happened really quickly. And there's a debate around whether or not well, you can imagine the debate. Why Tiffany has it, why Jay-Z's posing in front of it. Yeah. Care to go there? Oh, goodness. It's, um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to definitely look into it, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm the type of person where I do look beyond the surface and start to figure out what's actually, you know, what's the purpose here and, you know, what is the, the message. But um, I like uh, the debate, and I think 
if I clue you in, because I did put you on the spot, it opens up a debate where people get to think about things like, oh, should art just be for rich people in collections? Or should it be something that's shared with everyone? Or does it matter that Jay-Z wants to channel into the consciousness of Jean-Michel Basquiat before him? Is Mm. that such a bad thing? Is he a good role model, you know? Right, yeah. I think, um, you know, with with Jay-Z, he's somebody who is... uh, you know, he's kind of up there as far as the the culture, as if we're talking hip-hop culture, which is also something that Bas- uh, uh, Jean-Michel, you know, incorporated into his work. Yeah. Have you heard his music? Uh, Grey. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I, I was listening to Grey. I do like Grey, yeah. Do you ever think about whether or not what would have happened if he lived longer? Uh, all the time. All the time. I try and, um, just thinking about all the types of work that we would have got, you know, the influence that he would have had on the culture, would he have branched out from being an artist and gone off in different areas? Oh, it's, uh, it's so frustrating, but you just use your imagination, don't you? And, you know, just you know, think about what could have been. We've come to the end of our time, but I'm going to have you back on, I know that. So tell people where they can see your work on Instagram and when the show is, where it is, and what you have available. I can tell them where it is. It's from the 30th to the 5th of September. It's called Awakening. It's in Soho. Uh, you can find information at Chili Art Project, uh, 46 Great Titchfield Street, and it's Aubrey Higgins. Yep, Your yep, work will it. be featured in that fundraiser, yep. which is designed to save animals from extinction. Yep. And on Instagram, if I wanted to look at your work, where would I go? Uh, Nick at George? Nick George Art. Yeah. Uh, and go there right away. Uh, Nick's work is incredible. It'll stay in your mind and your imagination. You know it's deep in meaning and will carry you through. That's us. Bye for now. Thank you, Giles Bitter, for producing the show. Thank you, Nick George, for being here. I look Thank forward to for speaking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I have over 30 years' experience in several different countries in the art world and I'm still learning the changing landscape and lexicon and look of what is and isn't the art world and what artists do and don't want to express. So I hope you enjoy taking this journey with me and listening to artists talk in their own voice on A Private View, the podcast. If you enjoy listening, please subscribe to the podcast. And on a separate note, the music for A Private View was made specially by Korshid Homi. He has a show on Soho Radio too, so look him up. And thank you for listening.